welcome to Landon Wall and Witty on the road to Qatar. I'm Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. We've got a special episode in partnership with Meadowlark and Levitard and Friends with reaction from Landon Donovan, Chris Whittingham, Mike Ryan, and me to the U.S. men's national team's 2-0 Dos Acero win over Mexico on World <laughs> Cup qualifying match day seven. Landon is in Washington, D.C. tonight. The rest of us are here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I'm writing for my Substack newsletter, grantwall.com. Go there to read all my stuff. Guys, great to be with you. How are you? I'm buzzing. I wish I was there. You guys must be like electric yeah i mean the, the atmosphere was crazy from minute one walking into the stadium it's jam-packed and in the first half it was kind of a bit you felt confident the u.s wasn't really vulnerable except for that one chance for chucky lozano but you kind of wondered where were they going to find the attacking breakthroughs from but then they came in the second half a true home field advantage and uh all the games should be at Cincinnati. I mean, this was totally pro-U.S. You had a few Mexican fans sprinkled throughout, but very much pro-U.S. And we've been in so many stadiums over the years for USA-Mexico games in the U.S. where that's not the case, where it's very pro-Mexico. And I want to get a sense of what happened in the second half of this game, because that was the best half I have seen the U.S. play against Mexico since maybe the 2013 World Cup qualifier in Columbus, where you land and scored, was that your thought? What it looked like to me, I said to someone at halftime, I was on the phone, and I said, although Mexico had the two, certainly one, most dangerous chance, it felt like the U.S. had the tempo of the game the way they wanted it. And the only way Mexico were going to get a chance was through Raul holding the ball up, Raul Jimenez, and maybe Chuka Lozano running behind, you know, off of that sort of movement, him holding it and Chucky from outside in to attack the U.S. team. But Mexico just looked like they did not have a way they were going to score. They never looked dangerous except for the one chance. And the U.S. in the first half, it wasn't clean or perfect, but they were at the top of Mexico's box over and over and over and over. And you just felt at some point there was going to be some sort of breakthrough. I just felt like we looked like the team that was going to score even though Mexico had the bigger chance in the first half. To me, the, the, the thing that most kind of stands out about that performance is that the U.S. were the ones that were pressing. The U.S. were the ones that were causing Mexico problems. And my feeling on, in the Tata era has always been his sides come out and cause the U.S. problems. And you got to survive the first 15 minutes, but it was exactly the opposite. And Mexico yeah. never grew into the game. It never felt like, oh, this is going to be a team that is going to create consistent chances. And I think that comes down to the center back partnership of Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson. The, uh, Zimmerman in particular, I thought was absolutely massive for the U.S. You feel like you've found a couple of center backs there. That, like that's your partnership going forward. Play the two of them. They know exactly what they're doing. They negated Mexico. They did a good job. I thought the, the one fear I had when you look at the lineup, the two Robinson, Zimmerman, and Yedlin, is could this team play out from the back? And they actually found direct forward passes they were not just knocking the ball long. It was with intent, and Ricardo Pepe did a decent job with handling those. Tim Weah did a decent job at those, but really, it was the assuredness at the back that allowed them to press forward. I think we found our center back pairing for the World Cup run in Qatar. To see Walker Zimmerman really step up to this level 
in this moment was really reassuring and really good for MLS and really good mm-hmm. for the future of that center back position. They totally neutralized Raul Jimenez. He really didn't have a big impact on the game besides decking Tyler Adams. Um, yeah. And Miles Robinson did get a second yellow, so we are going to see a different combination yeah. down in Jamaica. I think Chris Richards is a terrific player with a really bright future, so I'm curious to see if we see him making that replacement. But Zimmerman was, did not put a foot wrong in this game. I did think Tim Weah was the man of the match for the U.S., and for the second straight game, the game-winning goal connected to Tim Weah, a guy mm-hmm. who wasn't even going to start ahead of Paul Ariola in the last game and came in because Ariola got hurt in the warm-up. But do you get a sense, Landon, that Tim Weah is really starting to establish himself as a player who can make a difference for the U.S.? It certainly looked like it tonight. He looked comfortable, confident, like he belonged in the team. And I haven't seen him look that way yet. So I think he's just growing, as all players do at that age, and feeling comfortable and confident. And what you want ultimately is competition, right? You saw it tonight with Zach Steffen and now Matt Turner. You saw it with Tim Weah's performance. So when Gio's back, what does that mean? What does that mean for Paul Ariola? You want that. You want competition. But I want to touch on Walker Zimmerman. I thought Tim Weah was fantastic, but for me, Walker Zimmerman was the man of the match. He he just neutralized Raul Jimenez in in almost every aerial duel. And the one he lost, Raul Jimenez, you know, held the ball, laid it off, and Chuki Lozano was in behind for their one chance. But I also want to give Greg Berhalter a ton of credit. They came out and went after Mexico. They did not, you know, we've seen teams, the U.S. team in the past, a little more hesitant, sitting back, a little more savvy, tactical in the way they defended. And they just went after them and put them under pressure. And Mexico, to their credit, tried to play out and tried to play out and tried to play out. But Walker Zimmerman was isolated 1v1 a decent amount of times, and he just won every duel. The U.S. absolutely pummeled Mexico in, in just duels. I think they were, you know, it was like 65 to 40. They, they won every duel, and that just turned the game into the U.S.'s favor so they could just keep Mexico pinned in their end, pile pressure on, as I always say, and then eventually they, they made them crack and won the game. Landon, am I being hyperbolic if I say that this is, in some ways, the U.S. justifying, I think, what's been a journey for a decade probably when Jurgen takes over with Berhalter, they've been trying to implement a style of play so that when they go into big games, it's not just about bunker encountering and the hard work. Am I kind of diminishing your achievements with the U.S. national team if I say that this is kind of the U.S. living up to the identity that they've set forth for themselves more than they ever have? Here's the reality. In the late 90s, early 2000s, we played 15, 18, 20 games together a year, plus a January camp. So we were together all the time. So we were able to build partnerships, build relationships, in modern football, you just don't have that. They don't have time to train together, work together. And I've said that all along. It's really hard for Greg to actually implement a style of play when you have guys for three days of training and they're mostly just recovering because they played a game on the weekend in London or somewhere in Europe. What I saw tonight and what it felt like to me was continuity starting to build. So you had that same midfield three with Weston Tyler and Musa, and they looked comfortable and like they knew how to play together. Center back pairing or the backline pairing isn't always the same, but you're getting more of the same guys together on the field consistently. Pepe now on the field consistently with Brendan Aronson. And all of that stuff matters because you start to build a rhythm with the player next to you. 
And that's what you saw tonight. They just look like a team. They look like an actual team versus a lot of really good, talented players who hadn't had enough time to train together. I also want to mention, I just came out of the press conferences, separate press conferences for Tata Martino and Greg Berhalter, but the same word being used, a lot of intensidad from Tata and his <laughs> talking about the U.S. And then Greg saying, first thing, intensity. That was how we won this game we really ha- he was impressed with their effort in the first half but especially in the second half they, he feels like they wore them down yeah. uh in the second half of this game and gave themselves the opportunity to get the goals it still took christian pulisic coming on well that's where i goal. wanted to jump in the super sub christian pulisic the best player was being the best player and it's great to see him in that form he kind of flashed in that sub appearance in the champions league for chelsea and to see him really take advantage of this opportunity and be the best player was super encouraging to me as a Chelsea supporter and as an American supporter. Landon, I'm curious what your thoughts were on Christian Pulisic's appearance. Yeah, you know what that goal reminded me of, guys? That, to me, looked like a Clint Dempsey goal. When I saw it, it just looked like Clint. It was inside your guy taking a chance, bang in front of goal, and you smash it home. And you don't think of Christian as that type of player. But he's, I've said this consistently about him, he does not have a weakness in his game. There's nothing he can't do on the field. And that's why it's frustrating when he's injured, right? That's why it's frustrating when Gio's not here, right? These are like, these are special. That's why it's frustrating when Weston got into trouble or when he's injured. These are special players who can change the game in an instant. And it was really fun to to watch him come in after he's been out for so long and make an impact. I was really happy for him. Christian Pulisic, by the way, showing off a t-shirt after his goal that said, (laughs) man in the mirror. Now there's a story here. He's not just a Michael Jackson fan, everyone. (laughs) Memo Ochoa, the goalkeeper for Mexico had said this week, quote, Mexico is the mirror in which the United States wants to see itself. And that ticked off this U.S. team. Greg Berhalter (laughs) talked about that yesterday, lack of respect. Clearly, Christian or someone close to Christian (laughs) put a T-shirt together at some point today. And and the producer was certainly playing (laughs) man in the mirror post-match. Michael Jackson, I'm I'm sure the estate got a nice little chunk, but that was nice. I thought that was so random here (laughs) in the stadium. I I didn't get what was going on. We didn't hear. Yeah, no, no, no. I was reverse engineering why man in the mirror was being played. I I didn't understand. After the final whistle, like it was in Seven Nation Army, it, it was wasn't very was random. Like I'm like, okay, this like, is a weird vibe. Yeah, I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> yeah. let's celebrate. With uh, man I've in the never mirror. really danced a man in the mirror before <laughs> yeah. to celebrate a win, but okay, sure. And then I saw the tweets, and, and then Christian's it's like, such a great still, narrative. Oh, yeah, no, it's oh. fantastic, but. A nice little subtle troll, I thought, but uh, I, I was totally taken aback by being able to sing Man in the Mirror with a, a bunch of American outlaws. I've never celebrated using no, that song before. It's not a celebratory it was, song. No, no, it, it felt no, weird. In no other it felt stadium. weird. It, felt it, weird. It, it wasn't right. It felt weird. It wasn't right. But now we know. Now yeah, we get it. Now, 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 now I get it. Awesome. And it'll be random. You know, yeah, it's just like Sweet Caroline with the Boston Red Sox. It <laughs> just, it, it slaps different. So, Landon, you mentioned Weston McKinney. You obviously yeah. have made some news in the past on this uh, <laughs> podcast about talking about Weston McKinney. Second yeah. goal tonight, gets it to Dos Acero. Really solid game as well. He was fantastic. And listen, I'm okay if Weston hates me. I'm okay if <laughs> his, uh, I'm okay if his teammates hate me. You know, my agent was mad at me after why you're saying that about him and you know, all this stuff. But my point, he made my point tonight. 
When he's on the field, the team is different. When he's on the field, the team is different. When Christian's on the field, the team is different. When Tyler Adams is on the field, they are different and they are better. And so him missing a game really hurts the team. And you don't get that many chances in qualifying. Now, it looks like now I think they're eight points clear. So we're in good shape now. But you don't want to leave anything to chance. And you can't have a guy like that missing games for something that doesn't have to do with injury or suspension or yellow cards. And so it's okay. Be pissed off at me. But hopefully at some point people will realize that this is, this is an important piece of this team, maybe the most important piece. And you saw it tonight. Forget about the goal. He just, his, his presence is commanding and he absolutely makes the team better. The three-man central midfield, MMA, McKenny, Musa, Adams. <laughs> yeah, no, is, they, were, they were fantastic. This is the third time in qualifying that they have all started together in central midfield, three wins, nine points, and yep. that's your three-man midfield. And, and Eunice Musa was terrific in this game. You have to remind yourself, he's 18 years old. And he plays a lot better when he's got Adams and McKenny around him. The one game that Musa didn't play a good game in was in Panama when that wasn't the case. But he's more confident. I was actually talking to him last night, uh, Eunice, <laughs> about this, uh, right before we had dinner. And he's like, I just really appreciate Tyler Adams even like directing him, talking to him on the field, where to go. And he feels like McKenny has somewhat similar characteristics to him, but that they play well off each other. And then Musa has this skill of being able to barrel through carrying the ball that yeah. is a rare skill. Uh-huh. And we saw that a couple of times tonight. And it was clear he actually drew some fouls that weren't called and got frustrated, but he also frustrated the Mexicans. Yeah, for sure. That jumped off. He made every smart play, with the exception of maybe like two passes where he could have played it wide. I thought he was very decisive with the ball. And the thing that is most startling to me, and again, I feel sometimes, Landon, when we talk about previous U.S. teams, that I'm like, I'm taking out your former teammates. But (laughs) I just like the ball-carrying ability and the confidence that he has to carry it through the midfield. There were a couple of occasions where I would say him and Stefan set the tone because... In theory, you're like you're supposed to be scared of Mexico and their press and them and, and them flying at you, but they are so unafraid of carrying the yeah. ball, of playing into dangerous areas. Musa has got you know not really Zimmerman and Robinson for cover. He's in the middle. He's on an island and he's still taking on players in the middle. He has such confidence on the ball. And McKenny, the same thing. Like they, their ability to carry the ball forward into attacking positions. Now the U.S. I didn't think until the final 20 minutes were clinical in those final positions, but they got there so often because of those two yeah when you think about when you think about a team and how you put together a team it's not always the three best individuals or the three most talented individuals which in this case they probably are also that but tyler and weston and musa complement each other perfectly like tyler doesn't show up didn't show up tonight around the ball a ton but every time he's around the ball he makes the play and i can promise you he's organizing them so that it makes it really difficult for the Mexicans to break them down. And he's, I, I'm just so impressed with Tyler and, and how he's grown. And then Weston and Musa, like you said, they have this ability to take the ball and run by people. And I've said this to you guys before on here in the modern game that is becoming more and more rare. And so the ability to take the ball and advance at 20, 30, 40 yards by yourselves is so valuable. Witty, Zach Steffen, did he lock this up? I don't know, because because Turner is such a good MLS goalkeeper. He'll flash again. 
by the time the January window comes around, because Man City are out of the Carabao Cup yeah. now, and so like he won't be playing very much, and so who knows what that's like come January. But I think Stefan was a very intentional choice from Greg Berhalter in this game because you knew that Mexico were going to press, and you needed the goalkeeper to play. 10 to 15 passes over the course of the game to play over them to be the outlet and you can see a measure of confidence in defenders turning and playing it back to Stefan they know he's not going to make a mistake and they know that he has some intentionality with the ball like that would be my one criticism of Matt Turner is that he just knocks it long yep and like there's a difference between knocking it long and playing long passes and Stefan plays long passes and you saw the confidence he made the two or three saves he had to make including on Chucky Lozano which was the best chance of the first half those are the moments where it's like all right this is where Stefan proves himself and solidifies that position ahead of Turner. But I thought he came up big in every occasion and was that outlived from a passing Super point of view. Super decisive, Grant. Yeah, he was. I guess the question I would have, though, is, is there a goalkeeper controversy? Do you pick <laughs> one guy going forward? Who do you pick to start against Jamaica on Tuesday? Like, Landon, what would you do if you were Greg Berhalter? Would you name a starter, name a number one, or kind of continue to leave it up in the air? It's a good question. I'm not there every day, so I don't see what they see. There, it's obvious that Zach impresses everybody in training every day because Matt Turner has been flawless, right? And so the fact that you're taking out a guy who's been really good for you has, has not put a foot wrong and you're replacing him with someone else tells you how good Zach Steffen must be in training or how high they are on him. So it's hard to say at this point, but it's a good problem for Greg to have. He has two outstanding goalkeepers. And my guess is that, of course, Matt Turner wants to play. But if you think about where Matt Turner was a year ago versus also just very grateful that he has this opportunity. You know, in the big picture here, this is the third U.S. win against Mexico in the last six months. And this rivalry over time has had its ebbs and flows, obviously, but there was a several year period until this year that Mexico has had the upper hand. And now in 2021, three times the U.S. has played Mexico, three times they've beaten them. What does that do for, for the U.S.'s confidence in, in this rivalry moving forward? And, and where, you know, where does it go from here? It's crucial. And what we've said all along is this is a very young U.S. team, but tonight they just look like they own the game. They lost the game. They knew they were going to win the game. They were not afraid in any way. And I just want to like, I want to walk us through. So in the past, it was all these Mexican players playing either for huge clubs in Mexico or in Spain or in Holland or somewhere overseas. Now, when you just, just walk through the U.S. lineup, Man City, Barcelona with Serginia Dest, who's not here, Leipzig, Chelsea, you can go on and on, Fulham, on and Norwich. on and on. With big, <laughs> wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> Touche. With big players playing at big clubs. And I just think we have we just have more talented players right now. And then when they play like they did tonight where they are cohesive and they look like they're starting to build continuity, they're just a better team. I, I, there's no other way to say it. The decisiveness, the continuity, the confidence that they played with today, it really jumped off the pitch. What was that? Was it the story, the narrative building up to this game? Burhalter, obviously with Man in the Mirror afterwards, he seemed to really connect with some of these players, Grant. He has. I mean, like when you see Greg Burhalter interact with these U.S. players... It's not like it's uncomfortable or anything. He really has put in the time to build relationships with these guys. He, he realizes how young this team is. And I don't even know if we always think about that. Like, 
these are teenagers and guys in their early 20s. And yes, they are in many cases playing at elite clubs, but they haven't played that many games for the US, especially big games like this one. And I do think because of COVID, because they hadn't played that many games together, game by game, it's getting better mm -hmm. in qualifying is what you're seeing. And so I think that's a really good sign not just for the qualifying process, which obviously is extremely important because they didn't qualify four years ago, but once they get to the World Cup and, and feeling like they can make a run at the World Cup. My feeling about what Greg Berhalter has done specifically, like I'll go back to that summer of 2019 when they lost the Gold Cup final in Chicago, and then a couple of months later, they lost in New Jersey to Mexico. And Mexico pressed them off the park and there was this kind of conversation about what are you doing continuing to play out of the back? What are you doing asking a group of players that can't do this to keep doing it? And I think today was in some ways the justification for continuing to do it, for saying this is who we're going to be. It'll take us two years to get there, but really the games that matter don't come until two years. And I think the, and, and I, I hate to be hyperbolic, and maybe it's because we're here in the stadium and I was in the crowd and I was cheering and it was awesome. But I don't think we have like properly appreciated just how crazy it is that a U.S. team not, not only went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Mexico, but dictated the game. They played the game on their terms, put Mexi made Mexico uncomfortable, and continually played through them. And they kept playing and playing and playing for 90 minutes. I never felt like the U.S. were in any real danger of conceding a goal. And I felt like eventually the U.S. goal would come. And for me, it was purely on the basis of how they were playing. I can't remember, guys, a U.S.-Mexico game where we played the game and you never felt like Mexico was going to score. I can't remember a game yeah. like that. And tonight, I just they just look like a team that was never going to score. And I was I was so impressed. Any last points anyone wants to make? Well, I mean, if you're going kind of performance by performance, I think defensively, Anthony Robinson didn't have great service in the final third, but he was re he, he contested well. I want to go back to that central defensive partnership. Robinson and Zimmerman, it is, I agree with Mike, a tribute to MLS that you've produced a couple of defenders that are this solid. And sometimes the job is defending. It's not about finding the most talented players. It's not about finding, you know, John Brooks because he can play or Chris Richards because he can play. You just have two guys that put out every fire. Walker Zimmerman won every header. And when you look at the front three of Mexico, Tecatito Corona, Chucky Lozano, Raul Jimenez, doing absolutely nothing for 90 minutes. It's a testament to those two guys. It's a testament to that back three and the solidity with, or that back four, and that solidity with which they played. Obviously, Tyler Adams in front of them does a really important job, but the job that Zimmerman did to completely nullify Mexico, for me, is the standout of this game. Uh, I don't want to ignore Christian Pulisic coming on <laughs> as a sub. He hasn't played in so long. Chris, like, when we're on the pitch, you always say, be the best player. Yeah. Right? When we're playing our Sunday beer league games, be the best player. Christian Pulisic came on in a crucial moment and was the best player. Got a crucial goal, Grant. It's important to point out now, this is the second straight game against Mexico for Pulisic in which he has scored the game winner. Mm -hmm. And if... As you know, although, Landon, although he, he was much better tonight than he was in yeah, yeah. he was no, he, like, I, yeah. I, his overall performance burst, was much better. Different situation. If there's, yeah. if there's one player who knows that if you're a U.S. player and you want to make your bones in the end, perform well against Mexico, right, Landon? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And and he did it. And listen, the only knock on Christian is is him staying on the field over the course of his young career. When he's on the field, he is a difference maker in every way, and it's why it's all why we all feel the way we do about him. He's he is special. He's special and he's different. Uh, Witty, just to your last to your point about the back line, let's also talk about just the pure athleticism that the U.S. team has now. Right, Walker Zimmerman is an absolute beast in the air, right? I mean, athletically and physically, so dominant. The play that Chucky Luzano gets played behind, DeAndre Yedlin sprints with him for 50 yards and makes it a lot harder chance than it could have been. And then with the two Robinsons, they're just athletically, they just put out a lot of fires with Tecatito with Chucky Lozano. And that's a big piece of it. We're just athletically, we're just better, I think, than we've ever been. And and that's a big piece of it. That midfield three is plenty athletic as well. I, I guess yep. the one the one player that we haven't talked about at all is Pepe. Is that was that a down performance from him? Like because I, 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 I felt like so. I felt like through an hour he did what you would ask him to do. He scuffs a chance, but what was that was that a down performance? He, he didn't Mike? have the opportunities. I think he's locked down that position, Grant. Who else is going to play it in this right. team? Right? In, in this I mean, camp, like, there's in this nobody. squad. But like, I would. He had a a good setup for Musa when he laid him off yeah. for a shot that Musa sent over the bar. L- Landon talked a lot about those duels. I thought Pepe was involved in a lot of those and had a couple of nice flick-ons that helped the U.S. play. Like, I thought as a connector, he did his yeah, job he tonight. battled. Yeah. And I think this was an important game for, like, it was Pepe playing against Mexico. Mm-hmm. He just decided to play for the U.S. over Mexico. I'm sure he was totally revved up for this game. And maybe now, you know, he, he knows that even if he doesn't have a great game, he's going to start on Tuesday in Jamaica. Do you think that helps him we'll land to get this game behind him? Yeah, maybe. I, I can't tell if he was, maybe he was a little revved up or emotional. It's hard to know for sure. But he was okay. And he did, I think, what you want him to do and what we expect him to do. He was on the end of four or five balls inside the box. I think the U.S. had 12 shots inside the box, which is a, a huge number, a huge number in an international qualifier. And he was on the end of a lot of those. Now, they didn't come off, but on most days, he's probably going to score a goal. He had two or three half chances where a guy of his quality is going to score. So I thought he was fine. He wasn't excellent like he has been in other games, but he's also, uh, I think he's 18 as well. So we, we, yeah. we have some time <laughs> let's, with them. Let's give him some slack. <laughs> yeah, we can chill out a little bit. He's been fantastic. All right, guys, this has been a blast. Really appreciate you having this discussion. Let's do it again on Tuesday after the Jamaica game. Dos a cero. Dos a cero. <laughs> oh, man. There's nothing better than walking through a concourse and chanting, Dos a cero. By the way, at the end, like there were some like half chances. I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah, who, yeah. Who, who is the one that who, I, I don't oh, want them was, to score. It, it, I don't it want was, it to be Jesus Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira missed yeah. like the best of them. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a, should have been three nil. Uh, do you remember the 2013 game? When Dempsey, when, De- when Dempsey yeah. missed the penalty. Yeah. 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 Missed it on purpose. Yeah. I don't want it to be Tresa's arrow. No. I want to be Dosa's arrow. It has to be Dosa's. It doesn't have the same. Yeah. My dad was born in Cuba and I still say it like a gringo. Dosa's arrow. I should just, we, I love it. I, we, we should get Dempsey on the podcast only to ask him, did you miss that <laughs> Did you miss that on purpose, purpose for the narrative? Yeah.